Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series, The Cost of Christmas, with Pastor Isaac Roman in a message entitled, Make Room. Enjoy this message. Well, we want to welcome each and every one of you again, and we're so honored that you chose to be with us here this morning at our Christmas service. And uh, I will acknowledge the fact that uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas kind of falls on an odd day for us to celebrate Christmas. We still have some time, uh, so I'll acknowledge that a little bit. Uh, my wife and I were talking about that. Um, I'm sure everyone is, is busy in the, in the holiday season, uh, but uh, maybe, it's, maybe, maybe it lands a little bit awkwardly, so, so we'll acknowledge that. But uh, how many of you appreciated the Reach Kids and, and the energy and all the time that, that they put into... Putting, coming together and uh, those that, that are here for the very first time we appreciate you so much being with us uh, again we do want to welcome those that are joining us online so many online thank you so much for being with us and uh, uh, we're, we're just happy we're just happy to be here uh, I do want to um, I, I do want to uh, acknowledge our senior pastors Pastor Omar Sister Letty they are not uh, here today uh, they're, they're, uh, they're in um, Austin, Texas uh, Pastor Omar is actually ministering at Reclaim Hutto uh, this morning he's probably on on, on the pulpit right now as we speak, uh, but he's there and they're enjoying family for the holidays, and so uh, we're, we're we're blessed that they could be away, uh, that we could release them and they could have a good time over there. So, um, but it's good to be in the house of the Lord, and, and again, we appreciate all of you being with us here this morning. We're gonna get into uh, we're gonna get into this message, and um, I, I will say that this is maybe not the typical Christmas message. Um, uh, but we are going to be talking about uh, continuing in our, our sermon series of the cost of Christmas. And uh, as we've been talking about um, uh, the choices in our lives, every single one of us, we, you made a choice this morning. Uh, you made many choices this morning. Number one, to get up. Uh, it was cold this morning, but to get up, uh, you know, jump in the shower, start getting ready. You made a choice to uh, what you were going to wear today. Uh, and, and how many of you are glad that you made the choice to be at church here this morning? And so we make all these choices in our day. Some are insignificant. Some are kind of like muscle memory. Uh, other choices are very significant in our lives. And we understand as you've lived a little bit of time, as you've gone through some experiences, you look back and you realize some of those choices in our lives and how they've really dictated the destiny or really the outcome of our lives. And so we understand that even in the story of Christmas, we understand that, uh, that, that, uh, that, uh, that, that every choice that was made had a consequence and there's a, there's a price that we pay to each and every one of these choices. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, we recently made a choice. My family and I made, recently made a choice uh, to have a puppy. And uh, my goodness, the, the, li- the, the life change. I was not prepared for this, okay? I saw, I saw something the other day, and uh, we're, reading about, we're, we're reading more about dogs than I have ever read in my life. Uh, but I read something uh, earlier, maybe this is something that could help someone today, is that a, a, a puppy is not a Christmas gift. A puppy is a 10 to 15 year commitment. So parents, think about that, okay? I'm, I'm helping you out right now. Um, but uh, but the, these choices that we make and, and this puppy in our lives has just completely turned our lives upside down. I mean, it's just all about this puppy. But, uh, but again, there's other choices that we make that really kind of dictate our lives. Are y'all with me this morning? And so, uh, and, and so, uh, to, to be very honest, 
um, the, the, the way that uh, once we make these choices, we have to count the cost of what that investment is going to be like. Some, is, some, some choices are, are, you know, small investment, a little bit of time, uh, not too much. Others are, are a, lot of, a lot of commitment. And, uh, uh, and the more honest that we could be about the choices that we're making in our lives, the more intentional, this is a word that we use a lot around here, the more intentional that we could be about, uh, that, that we could be about the choices that we're making, it'll help us live the life that Christ has called us all to live. You understand what I'm saying this morning? Uh, Jesus never made any apologies about the commitment and the choice that it was going to take for you and I to follow Christ. He was very, very honest. He was very black and white about that. And the Bible says in Luke 14, 33, not my core, not my core text this morning, um, but it says it this way. Uh, Jesus said, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have. He's not saying some things. He's not saying uh, uh, th- those insignificant things. He-, he says everything. This is Jesus talking, not me. Okay. Uh, if you do not give up everything you have, you cannot be my disciples. Let's pray this morning. So Father, we just thank you. Lord, And on this Christmas service, Father, I pray, Father, that we would acknowledge and, and we are so thankful that you sent Jesus into this world, but we can't help but think about the second coming of Jesus, that there's going to be a triumphal entry. And as we're here in this life, there's so many things that could dictate the course of our lives. And I pray this morning, Father, that we begin to think about, intentionally think about and focus on the choices that we're making, even here in these next few moments, God, the impact that it could have in our lives. I pray this morning as I deliver your word, God, that uh, each and every one of us, Father, would have an open heart and open mind that we'd be able to receive your word. I pray for deliverance, transformation, and salvation in the house this morning. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Daisy. Um, so, so we're going to continue to think about or, or look at all these choices uh, that each and every one of these, these folks in the Christmas story made. And so we're very familiar with the Christmas story. Uh, we, we're very familiar. We could, put up, uh, we could put up that picture there. We're very familiar with, uh, with the, the destinies of Mary and Joseph, uh, the wise men, and even the innkeeper. This is, this is a guy that played... A pretty significant role in uh, in in the Christmas story, but oftentimes we just kind of we just kind of float right by him. Do we not have the picture? Okay, I'll just keep on talking. Uh, there we go. All right, all right. So uh, you guys see this all over the place, right? This is nothing. This is nothing new. And what happens is we become so familiar with things that it begins to lose its significance. How many of you have experienced that in your life? Maybe uh, uh, you guys, parents, you're going to experience this, okay? You're going to buy your child that toy that they want so bad, okay? They're, they've just been asking for it. They're begging for it. Uh, maybe if you have uh, children like me, they're asking, how can I, make mo- how can I earn money so I could buy it? That's, that's code for, can you buy this for me? Um, and so you'll experience this, is that, you know, you, you give them that, that new toy or whatever it is, and familiarity sets in, and then, and then it becomes less significant. The same thing happens here with the Christmas story, is that we become so familiar with it that uh, we begin to kind of gloss over some of the significance uh, that, that's in it. And so, uh, so what we want to kind of bring to focus is that each and every one of these folks were real people, just like you and I. They had fears. They had anxieties. Uh, they, had, they had hesitations, just like each and every one of us. But each and every one of them made a decision that dictated the outcome of their lives and ultimately the, the destiny. 
And so uh, we were talking, we we've been looking at Mary. We, we looked at Mary and her choice that she had to make. We looked at Joseph and the choice that he made. The choice that he had to make was, was pretty significant. And uh, what we've been saying is that you don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. See, oftentimes when, when there's a choice in front of us, we're, we're calculating. And I understand this as, as, as a head of household or as, as a father, as a husband. I understand that we try to calculate risk and things like that. But for us to fulfill this life of faith that God has called us to, we, there, there's got to be faith involved, okay? And so uh, we don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. And we see this, we see this, this kind of thread through Mary's life and her choices that she made. We see that, that same thread in Joseph and the choices uh, that, that he makes. And so today we're going to look at the innkeeper and what his story has to say to each and every one of us. And I believe that if we listen to what uh, the choices and we really understand what's going on here, this could help each and every one of us. And so we know that there was no room in the inn. And what I want to suggest to you is that we need to make room for Jesus in our lives. So uh, Luke chapter 2 verse 7, the Bible says it this way. It says, uh, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire uh, Roman world. This was the first census that should take place while, oh my, my goodness, uh, Quirinius, Quirinius, come on, help me out, Quirinius, come on, uh, was governor of Syria. Thank you. Everyone went, everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. Now, this is significant, right? This is significant. He's going back to, uh, to Bethlehem uh, because he belonged to the house of David. This was part of his family tree. So he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Oh, sorry, guys. Um, sorry. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So there's no room for them in the inn. And so here it is, the creator, uh, the God uh, of all creation is born in the manger. Now, uh, the manger, uh, we don't need to put the picture back up, but everyone remembers that manger is like a wood kind of, uh, um, uh, my goodness, I'm trying to think of it, uh, what, what, what did you put a baby in? Uh, bassinet. Yes, there, there it is. Thank you. It's like, it looks like a wood bassinet. It looks kind of cute, right? And, and you got like the, 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 um, the blankets there and it looks nice and cozy. But quite, if you don't know this, uh, the mangers were used and understand they're in a stable. The, the, the mangers were used as a food trough. For the, for the, for the, for the animals. Some of you guys knew that. I didn't know that. And so, and so here, here it is, is, uh, this, the eternal God, right? Uh, this is the Son of God, the promised Messiah. Uh, this event, uh, if you know, if you know Old Testament history, this event had been prophesied. Uh, uh, many people were waiting for this event. Uh, it was truly hope that led people through uh, so much pain and suffering because this Messiah was going to come. And so this was, had been announced, it had been prophesied uh, throughout generations that the, that the Messiah was going to come and, uh, and that one day that God is going to send the Messiah, God is going to send the Son of God, and He was going to be the Savior 
of the world. Now I think about this in modern time and I'm thinking if this was kind of the, the trending thing and you see all kinds of stuff going on uh, through the media and, and social media and, and all that kind of stuff, this would be like trending news, right? I mean, this would be top of mind to everyone. I, I, I see uh, there's a lot of things that kind of trend in social media that dictate a lot of our choices in our lives, right? And so I'm thinking about this and, and I, it's, it's hard for me to understand that uh, a thing, an event that's so significant that had been talked about from generation to generation that it happens and it's missed. It's absolutely whiffed on. And so we understand that there's, there's no room for him in this end. Now, let's think about this from a business uh, perspective or, or, or uh, that, that kind of a, a point of view. See, this innkeeper, he missed the biggest marketing opportunity of his life. Would you agree with that? Missed the biggest marketing opportunity of his life. Um, if Jesus had been born in this inn, he could have got one of those big billboards or those LED lights, right? That, that said something like, Son of God born here. It'd be like a, it'd be like a destination. Um, so I've been to Graceland a couple of times. I don't know if there's any Elvis fans in the house, but I've been to Graceland uh, several times. And there's throngs of people that travel, that spend tens of thousands of dollars to travel to, to Graceland, to kind of this, this museum. And literally, it's just like this little house that, you know, that Elvis lived in. But anyways, the fans are crazy. And so here, just think about this. This, uh, this, this innkeeper missed this great opportunity, uh, could have had that LED sign, son of God born here. You could stay in the Jesus suite for a thousand dollars a night or whatever, whatever it is, right? I mean, just completely missed this biggest, uh, this biggest mar- marketing opportunity. And I would suggest this, that this innkeeper missed the biggest blessing in his life. He missed the biggest blessing of his life. He said, sorry, there's just no room. Right? And the Savior of the world was born in a barn because we couldn't make, because he couldn't make room for him. Now, listen. Oftentimes when we're reading through the Bible and we're reading through these different characters, uh, it's very easy for us to kind of point the finger and say, what a fool. What a fool. How, how do you miss that opportunity, right? And the reason we do that is because we have the rest of the Bible. We, we, we know how the story ends. And so we're looking kind of in retrospect and say, man, you missed it. If I was there, I would have taken that opportunity. You see, before we get too harsh on the innkeeper, each and every one of us do it all the time. You do it. I do it. We all do it. We don't make room for Jesus, in fact, this is the reality. In fact, many of us push Jesus out of the way. Um, we, we, we certainly don't want, our culture certainly doesn't want him to be viewed in public. In 1963, uh, the course decided that Jesus should be banned from the classroom. Many of you know that already. Um, uh, and, and prayer in the classroom was, was, then, uh, was then outlawed. So there's no room for Jesus in the classroom. And then systematically, over the last 40, 50 years... We've been taking Jesus out of, uh, out of all the rooms in our culture. See, Jesus has been taken out of the courtroom uh, and, and all the legislation and all the things that are going on. Jesus has been take, taken out of the state room and the government and, and all of that. Uh, Jesus, as we just talked about, has been taken out of the classroom and the curriculum that, that, we're, that, that, uh, that they're, they're trying to push to our children. I, I want to uh, I, I make this very clear to the parents in the house. Be, be cautious of what our, our schools are te- teaching our t- children 
And be aware of that. Uh, Jesus has been taken out of the workroom. It's, it's kind of uh, taboo for you to mention Jesus uh, in, uh, in, in the workplace. And uh, for sure, uh, Jesus has been taken out of the newsroom uh, in the media. We just don't hear that name Jesus anymore. And so, so much, uh, so much so that even today, Jesus, uh, Jesus can't even celebrate his own birthday. Now, I'm one of, I'm one of those folks. Yes, I am that, uh, that clarify, uh, Merry Christmas. So whenever I'm at, uh, Walmart, Target, Costco, whatever it is, and you know, it's happy holidays, I respond with Merry Christmas. And I'm like, you know, like I give it to him, right? No, I'm joking. I don't, I don't give it to him like that. I'm gracious. I'm gracious. You should be too. Um, but, but look, I, I mean, Jesus can't even celebrate his own birthday. We can't even say Merry Christmas. We've taken Christ out of Christmas. Uh, they did a survey in this front page article said that today, more parents tell their kids the Santa myth than tell them the true story about Jesus's birth. This, this national survey revealed that kids today are more likely to learn the story of Jesus's birth from Linus on, uh, on a Charlie Brown Christmas than from their own parents. Now, what's going on here? We're making no room for Jesus. We can say season greetings. We can say happy holidays. But you can't say Jesus. Our culture wants to take Christ out of Christmas. And so, anyways, I, I don't really want to talk about our culture. That's a whole different, uh, that's a whole different thing there. But what I want to uh, propose to you um, and, and really have you begin to think is why is it that I don't make room for Jesus in my own life? And so a a few questions that we're going to answer today is number one, why don't we make room for Jesus? Uh, number two is why should we make room for Jesus? I think that's a, that, that's a, that, that's a good thing. And then lastly is how do we do it? How do we make room for Jesus? And so, uh, there's reasons that we don't make room for Jesus in our daily lives. And, uh, and, and our reasons are the same reasons that the innkeeper had, uh, for it. And, and listen, so, uh, we need to realize that our hearts are like an inn. And in our hearts, we have many different rooms. See, we have a family room in our hearts, right? And that's where we spend time with our family. We do things with our family. We have the work room in our hearts. And that's where uh, we go to work and we're, 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 uh, we're, we're making money and uh, fulfilling our domestic responsibilities and all of that. Uh, we, uh, we have a bedroom, Mary folks in the house, we have a bedroom and that's a place of intimacy, okay? Uh, we, we have that. Uh, we have a dining room. How many of you love the dining room? Some of us love the dining room a little too much. I, 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 I need some help. I, I got people that try to help me out and I'm just stubborn in that way. Um, and how about this? Uh, men, maybe speaking specifically to the men, we all have a garage, right? Uh, we have a garage room and, and the garage room is where we, where we cram all of our stuff, right? That's the, like the really valuable stuff that we just, you know, we're going to use one day and, uh, we just kind of cram it into, uh, in, into, into the, uh, into the garage. And so if we're going to invite Jesus into our heart, we must make room in our heart, just like the innkeeper needed to make room in his own life. And so why don't we make room for Jesus? There's a few different reasons. The first reason is we don't pay attention. So we don't pay attention and we're not even aware. uh, We're not even aware when Jesus shows up around us. And so here it is. Jesus was born just as it was prophesied. And there was no, uh, there was no fireworks. There was no fanfare. There was nothing like that. It just kind of happened, uh, without anybody really knowing. And so God shows up in our lives all the time, uh, uh, in opportunities that you didn't know we're going to, uh, that we weren't going to get in. There's doors that are open. 
Uh, how about this? How about, uh, has God showed up in problems that you're, that you're experiencing? Maybe even this morning, you're walking through a trial, and I'm here to tell you that in your pain and suffering, uh, uh, Evangelist John Tahaji, Tahaji delivered a phenomenal word on Wednesday. I encourage you to go back and, and, and listen to that or watch that on YouTube. But I'm here to tell you, in your pain and suffering, God is there with you. And I'm so encouraged this morning. I was talking to several different people uh, this morning, right before we came, we came up here. And uh, they're going through some stuff. They're going through, through some hard stuff. And they're standing strong in the faith. And that's so encouraging. But even in our pain and our suffering, God is showing up all around. This is what we say around here, is that, uh, that we, we don't just go through something we grow through something. I want to tell you this, that uh, you shouldn't waste the pain, all right? There's pain in your life. There's things that are going on in your life, and don't waste that pain. Uh, I, I, I really want to encourage you to learn and to understand and to get revelation. God, what are you telling me through this pain and suffering? I don't like it. None of us like it, but we don't need to go through something. We need to grow through something, right? And so Jesus shows up in our lives all the time, and we miss them. Uh, and this is a common problem in the Bible. It happened all the time. There's a story about the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And many of us know this story. Now, the disciples were those that knew Jesus well. They were walking with him for many, many, uh, for, for, for his ministry on earth. And the Bible says in Luke 24, 16, they saw him, but they didn't recognize him. So here's uh, these men. They're walking. Jesus has been, uh, had been crucified and he shows up in bodily form to them. And he starts walking and he starts talking to them about himself. And, and uh, these disciples, they're so consumed by what's going on around them that they completely miss Jesus walking with them in bodily form. And again, we, we look at this and we say, how, how could they do that? But we do this all the time. Uh, another time uh, we, we see this is uh, Jesus is sitting by a well and, and the woman comes up to get water and he asks her for a drink of water. She doesn't recognize him. We know the story. She doesn't know he's the son of God. She doesn't know he's the savior of the world. And so she gets involved in this religious debate with, uh, with the savior of the world. And Jesus says this in John 4 verses 10. If only you knew the gift that God has for you, and if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink, and I'd be giving you living water. See, she didn't notice, she didn't pay attention, she didn't recognize, she was too busy trying to satisfy her thirst with a temporary water, and that, and Jesus could give her this living water. See, when Jesus shows up in our lives, we often do the same. We're oblivious to it. We absolutely miss it. Jesus is trying to give us something that's eternal and we're like the, we're, we're like the woman from the well. We're talking about temporary things and we're missing the eternal things that God is trying to give to us and God is trying to work us through. See, uh, it, it's, it's hard to miss Jesus in December. Right? I mean, uh, we have nativity scenes all over the place. Uh, we, we have, uh, there, there's Christmas carols going around, all around us, uh, and, 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 and all of that stuff. Um, even in your offices, this is a place where Jesus is not supposed to be. There's Christmas carols on there, and they're talking about the Savior of the world. They're talking about Emmanuel. They're talking about, oh, come let us adore Him. And all these things are going on, and it's like white noise for each and every one of us. We're completely oblivious to it. And so, uh, uh, and so l let me kind of bring this story into focus. In Bethlehem, uh, here's this inn, right? The innkeeper. And the inns are created for the purpose 
of taking care of travelers, obviously, okay? This is like a hotel or a motel, whatever it is. And so there was a place for travelers to go when they came back to Bethlehem. So it's designed specifically for that purpose. It's already there. It's set up. So the problem wasn't that there wasn't an inn or a place for these travelers to go or even Mary and Joseph or even Jesus. The problem is that it was already booked. It was already full. There was no vacancies. Other things had already occupied it and the spaces had already been filled and there wasn't, uh, um, and, and, uh, and, it, and it, it was there. The rooms were there, but they weren't available. See, this is a parallel that each and every one of us have in our own lives or in our hearts specifically, is that our hearts are made to hold God. Our hearts, uh, 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 we were created to have God in each and every one of us. And there's this vacuum in our hearts, this kind of space in our hearts that can only be fulfilled with Christ in our life. See, we try to fill it with all, all kinds of other things. We try to fill it with hobbies. We try to fill it with career. We try to fill it with family. We try to fill it with all these different things. Some of us try to fill it with, with drugs and alcohol, all these different things. But we come up empty because this spot, this space is created to host or to, or, or to, to dwell or to be God's dwelling. So uh, we're made by God and for God. And until we understand that life isn't going to make sense. You see, there's times in our lives, each and, us, each and every one of us have experienced this, that we're pursuing something, uh, whether it's a promotion, maybe it's the ideal job, maybe it's getting into that program in school for education. All of these things are great, but it's been my experience that those things that I thought were exactly what I need, they kind of come up short a little bit once I achieve those things. And that thing doesn't become, that thing's not so fulfilling as I thought it was going to be. And, the, and so there I am again chasing the next thing. And so we need to understand that until we understand this, life isn't going to make sense. We fill our lives with other things. We invite other guests into our hearts to reside there. We rent out our heart to other things and there's no room for Jesus. The heart's there, but it's filled with other ideas, other interests, uh, other values, other loves, and other commitments. The second, uh, this leads me to the second reason we don't make room for Jesus. So the first one is that we don't pay attention. That's, that's the first thing that happens in our lives. The second thing is that we begin to crowd our lives with other things. Now, how many of you, when, uh, when someone asks you, how are you doing? How do you, how many of you respond with, I'm just busy? Or I'm the only one. Okay. Oftentimes when people ask me, how are you doing? I'm just, I, I just, and, and consciously I tried not to say this, but I just realized like, my goodness, I'm just so busy, right? And so the, the second reason uh, that each and every one of us have to fight with, have to struggle with, is that uh, we allow other things to crowd in our lives. See, there's no room for God in our lives. And even these good things, I've talked about this before, that there's a lot of good things in this life that you could fill your time with, fill your life with. Uh, education is a good thing, okay? I, we, we, we don't uh, downplay education. Education is a good thing. Family time, family is a good thing, okay? Uh, um, uh, doing well at work and, and uh, getting the promotions, and all that kind of, those are all good things, okay? They're, they're not evil things. And this is the subtlety of distraction, is that we could actually be distracted and pulled away or get our focus off of God because we're pursuing these good things. Now, in my life, I'll speak for myself, okay? You, you, you just listen uh, and apply it where, where, where you want to. But in my life, 
uh, I, I've justified a lot of things that I've, uh, that, that I've uh, pursued because I've justified it saying, well, it's a good thing. Well, the reason I work so hard and work so late and I'm not available for my family is because I'm trying to make a good living for them. Well, that's a lie. Uh, you're justifying it because it's all about your pride and arrogance and what you, want, what you want to accomplish in your own life so other people are impressed by you. See, that's me. That's not you, okay? I'm just, I'm just being honest here. And so uh, we, we do these things. We get distracted by good things. And so I always ask the question, and this is a book that uh, I think it was John Bevere that wrote it. He says, uh, there's good things and then there's God things. You have to determine, what is this? Is this a, is this a good thing for my life? Or, or is it a God thing? And, and ultimately, we want to choose uh, the things that God has put in our lives, right? And so we crowd our lives with other things, and we fill it with stuff, right? Um, we'll call it stuff. Some of you call it good stuff. Uh, some of you call it junk, but you won't get rid of it. I mean, whatever, you know, it's, 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 it's your house. It's your, uh, your rules, right? House rules. Okay. Um, and so this is a profound truth that stuff accumulates. How many of you have, 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 have discovered that in your life that you can just kind of accumulate stuff? Like you're just like, where the heck did all this come from? Right. And you're stepping over stuff. I do it too. Okay. And, uh, and, and, and it's just funny that way. It just multiplies. Now, um, if you guys could put up the snapshot of, uh, of, of the self-storage um, st- uh, stats, if you guys could put that up for me, uh, and I'll just kind of read through it. These are stats of, of self-storage, okay? So the self-storage space collectively takes up 1.9 billion square feet. 1.9 billion square feet, okay? I spent way too much time uh, calculating all of this, so I'll summarize it for you, okay? 1.9 billion square feet is, is the, the real estate or the space that self-storage takes up, okay? Um, that's, that's, 70, that's 70 million square feet, okay? 70 million square feet. Um, uh, at an average cost of $89, we'll call it $90 per square foot, okay? So the self-storage is a 40 billion, you don't have to do your calculator, I got it for you. The self-storage industry is a $40 billion industry. Now, uh, you're, you may be asking, like, what does that look like? How, how can I compare that? I think we have a picture there of, uh, of North Dakota. Do we have a picture of North Dakota, our map? Is it there? There it is, okay. Oh, that's really grainy. But anyways... And I, I was thinking about this. Maybe m- many of us don't even know where North Dakota is on a map. I saw something that uh, said that uh, most Americans think that there's only four states, like Texas, California, New York, and something. But there's North Dakota, okay? We're learning something this morning. Now, think about this. We need so much stuff in our lives that we cram our houses full of it. And then once the houses are full of it, we cram our garages full of it. And once that's full, then we go and buy for $90 uh, per square foot, we go and buy, uh, or I'm sorry, $90 per storage fee, uh, we go and buy the this, this self-storage. And there's so much stuff that if we consolidated it all, it would, it would fill the entire state of North Dakota. That's a lot of stuff. We got a lot of stuff, right? And this is the crazy thing is that we continue to add to it. We don't, we, we don't give it away. We don't, we, we, we don't, uh, 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 yeah, we, we just, we just, now, uh, now you may be saying that you're not that person. I, yeah, I'm not that person, Pastor Isaac. I'm lean, you know, lean Six Sigma. We lean stuff out. We, 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 you know, we get rid of stuff. Um, uh, let, let's just have a little Christmas confession. How many of you right now can't park your car in the garage? How many of you right now? Come on, let's be honest. Okay. Okay. Hands up all over the place. Me too. 
Me too, okay? Matter of fact, when my wife asked me to go put something in the garage, I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I open it very, clo- very, very carefully, right? Because I don't want things to come, come after me. So I, I, I rest my case. And those of you that didn't raise your hands, you guys are lying and you guys need to repent, okay? <laughs> so listen, the fact is this, is that garages are made for cars. Garages are made for cars. That's the purpose of a garage. They're not made to contain stuff. They're not made to contain all, all of your stuff, all of my stuff, all right? They're made for cars, but we fill them with other stuff that we don't need. Our hearts are made for God. Our hearts are made for God. That's the purpose of your heart. And so it wasn't made to hold all this extra uh, stuff. I was going to call it junk, but I'll be respectful. Stuff that we kind of just cram in there, right? Uh, then we, then uh, we don't have any room or any time or any thought for God. Again, we've rented out our hearts to other borders, to other, uh, other residents, uh, other residents, right? Um, and and uh, th- there's just no more room. Uh, there's, just like there's no room in our garage for our car, there's no room in our hearts for God. See, we have no place. Uh, you have no space. And we've overbooked our lives. How many of you are, are with me this morning? Maybe we, we've just overbooked our lives. Just too much stuff going on. And, and the results are tragic because when our lives are filled with other things, um, we don't have room in our lives for the gifts that God desires to give each and every one of us. See, I want to tell you this morning that God desires to give you, uh, we say it, uh, the Bible says it, the abundant life. What does that mean exactly? All the things that God has for you, everything. Everything, destiny and purpose and blessing, generational blessing. God desires to give all of that, uh, but we, we kind of stiff arm him and we just say, I, I just don't, I, I, I can't fit it. Maybe later. Um, and so, uh, and, and so this, this is the catch is that we miss it. We miss it all the time because God doesn't force his plan on us. He, he lays it out and, and, he, and he gives you the opportunity, you and I the opportunity to choose what it is that we're going to do. This is the whole thing about free will, is that even this morning as I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm laying out the gospel to you. Ultimately, you have to make the choice and you have to decide what you're going to do. You see, we want to we, we wanna control our own destiny. We want to take uh, the reins of our lives and, and, and dictate how our lives are going to look. I'm here to ask you maybe a, a, a very deep question, a simple question, but how is that working out for you? How's that working out for you? You're, you're making the decisions in your life. You're, uh, you're saying, God, hey, not right now. Uh, I got this all figured out. I'll let you know when, I'll let you know when I'm ready for you. Uh, matter of fact, let me finish, let me finish making my plans and I'll just ask if you would just bless it and I won't listen to anyone. I'll just kind of go and do it. Uh, and then if, if you don't, if you don't bless it, then I'm going to blame you. See, this is, this is what we do. This is what we do. I'm telling you that we, we all do this. Okay. I do this too. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm just like, God, help me. Uh, cause I'm jacked up. Uh, but we all do this. Okay. First Corinthians two fourteen says, uh, the unspiritual person has no room for the gifts of God's spirit to him. They are folly. Or what does that mean? That word folly is they're foolish to him. They're foolish. The unspiritual man, he can't even recognize them. And so we just completely miss all the stuff because we're crammed full of things and we've overbooked our hearts. D- Jesus describes this in Mark four nineteen. It says, they are overwhelmed with worries about all the things they have to do and all the things they want to get. Does that sound familiar to anyone? 
and the stress strangles what they heard and nothing comes of it. Their life is overbooked. Their life is overcrowded. See, there's this thing called the crowded heart syndrome that many of us are probably even wrestling with right now as I'm saying these things, those things that are in our lives that are crowding out uh, the, the word of God, even crowding out the words and the truth that I'm speaking this morning. And uh, like I said, I'm not talking about evil things. I'm talking, it could be good things, okay? But we need to make the distinction as to what does God, what does God want me to do? What is God calling me to, to do? And we could fill our lives with good things and still not have any time for God. And so one of, one of, uh, one of the examples in the Bible um, is from Mary and Martha. And we know the story. They were sisters. And here's Jesus. Uh, Jesus, this, these were his, his friends. And so he's coming over to Mary and Martha's for pasole. How many of you had some pasole here recently? My goodness, I had the best pasole. My goodness, on Friday at our Connect group, God bless Carmen Gossett's mother. Uh, she just, yeah, chicken pozole, it was, it was bomb. Uh, but if we're, if we're not talking about that. We're talking about Jesus. Some of you guys are hungry right now. Talk about Jesus. He's going uh, to Mary Martha's and he's coming over for, for some pozole. That's my story. Um, and and it, the Bible says that Mary figures out what's important. And uh, so this is the son of God at, at her house. And, um, and she understood that this is, this is like a once in a lifetime thing. And she just understood, she had revelation of who Jesus was uh, in this. And so it says that she, that she, she goes, um, Mary goes and sits at the feet of Jesus. But Martha is distracted with the preparations and getting everything in order. In Luke 10, verse 39 through 42, Mary sat out or sat at the, uh, Jesus' feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. This sounds like us, right, during the Christmas season. We're, we're, we're running around crazy trying to make all the preparations. Last-minute shopping. Those of you that are doing last-minute shopping, you guys are crazy. Um, uh, and, and fighting with everyone at the malls and all that kind of stuff. So, sounds like us. Uh, and, and maybe even in, maybe you can even kind of recollect or recall over the last couple of weeks and um, the busyness. Have you made room for Jesus in your life, in your heart? Have you made room? Have you just stopped and 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 and, and acknowledge uh, the goodness of God in our life? And so Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had be, that uh, had to be made, and she came to Jesus and said, "Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself?" That sounds like sibling rivalry. Tell her to help me. But Jesus said, Dear Martha, you get so upset over all these details. But there's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. See, your career isn't going to last beyond your lifetime. Your hobbies aren't going to last beyond your lifetime. Your bank account for sure is not going to last beyond, beyond your lifetime. Okay, the moment that you're gone, your kids are going to spend it. That's what's going to happen, okay? The only thing that's going to last beyond this lifetime is our relationship with God. The only thing that's going to last in eternal are eternal things. And so uh, if I could give you one gift for Christmas, it would be that we would focus on the one thing, the most important thing, and that's Christ in our lives. Are we making room for Jesus in our own lives? You see, this is what, this, this is what we've discovered is that if Jesus can't, uh, can't make you bad or can't make you do bad things he'll just make you distracted he'll just make you busy and we'll, we'll become so busy I, I've seen it even in church uh, again good things and, and God things I've seen even in church where people have been so busy so busy in ministry that they miss Christ all, 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 all together 
And so this is what I'm talking to you this morning about is that we would make room for Jesus in our lives. I gotta go, I gotta, I gotta move, I gotta move a little bit quicker here. So, um, so let me tell you the, the reason why we should make room for Jesus in our lives. This is why we should make, so we, we, we've missed it, we're not paying attention, uh, all, all we've crammed our lives to full of stuff. This is why uh, we, we, should, we, we should make room for Jesus in our lives, is that each and every one of us would have a personal relationship with our Creator and our Savior. This is what life is all about. Until you understand this, until you get this revelation, life doesn't make sense. Uh, you're, chasing, uh, you're chasing ghosts, so to speak. And so, you see, He made me. He saved me. He's, he's delivered me. He's changed my life. Many of you that are sitting in this room, He's done the same for you. And, and, and this is the greatest gift. This is the greatest gift that God gave to humanity was He gave His Son, Jesus Christ. He sends Him into the world. Uh, uh, Brother Peter was praying this morning. He's, he, he's called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And I want to encourage you this morning. Maybe you're, maybe you're going through a time of, of depression. I understand this morning that, uh, I said this to our Connect group, that the holidays this year look different for a lot of different people. Uh, even for myself, for my family, we, we, uh, uh, we, we, we lost my grandmother uh, last, uh, last November. We just lost my father uh, in March, tragically, suddenly, unexpectedly. And so this holiday season could look very different for a lot of different people. But I'm here to tell you that God sent Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He sent the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to be with us. And you see, if you don't, if you don't know this peace, if you don't have a relationship with God like, like I'm talking about, uh, this is very foreign to you. you. You may feel this morning, you may feel depressed, you may feel a little apathetic, you may feel a little dejected. I'm here to tell you that God wants to come and make a room in your life. The Bible says that he wants to be a habitation amongst his people. That means he wants to live with us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to be with us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to be uh, there for us. The Bible says that Jesus is closer than a brother. And so in those times of loneliness, in those times of confusion, those times of doubt, that the comforter, that the Lord would be with each and every one of us. I'm going to ask you if you would just bow your head and close your eyes presence of the Holy Spirit. I know God is here and I've said a lot of things. I've, I understand that it's been a little light. I understand even that it's it maybe not the typical Christmas, uh, Christmas message that you're expecting, but I want you to understand this, that when the innkeeper said there was no room for Jesus, that didn't stop his divine plan. And so even this morning, I, I, I want to I caution you that like the innkeeper, we could potentially miss it. That because you reject God, even maybe in this moment, it doesn't change the plan of God. See, God's plan is sovereign. God's plan will continue to move on. Just as the innkeeper didn't, didn't make room for, for, for Jesus, that decision ultimately, because God is sovereign, played out exactly the way that, that God had intended it to be. And so that innkeeper missed the greatest blessing in his life. And I'm here to caution you, friend, I'm here to caution you, that potentially you may miss it. You may miss the biggest blessing in your life. I understand in this, in this room there's a lot of different needs. There's a lot of different things that we need. 
But I'm here to tell you that you can't go any further. You can't make any progress in your life until you make a commitment, until you make a room for Christ to abide in your heart and your life this morning. And so before I go any further uh, in this service, I, I want to make a call. I want to make, I want to give an opportunity. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never given your life to the Lord. Maybe you're here for the very first time. Maybe you came to see the kids' production, and we appreciate that. Maybe you're joining us online uh, for the first time. And I just want to make an opportunity. I want to give an, an invitation for you to make room in your life for Christ, the Savior of the world. And so before we go any further, if there's anybody in the, in, the, in the room this morning, and you say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I've not made room for Christ in my life. In fact, I've kind of, I've kind of kicked him out of my life. I've, I've rejected him. I've, I've, I've not made time for him. I've not made room for him. And this morning, I want to do that. If there's anybody in the, in the room this morning, I want you just to lift your hand real quick. Come on. All over, there's hands going up all over the place. There's hands going up all over the place. Appreciate, appreciate those. Anybody else? I've not made room for Jesus in my life. I've, I'm, I'm, my, my schedule, my life is overbooked. If you're here, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to rush through this. I'm going to give, give time. If you're here and you haven't raised your hand, I want you to raise your hand. As you raise your hand, you're acknowledging, Pastor Isaac, I, I'm not, I, I've, I've, just, I've failed. I've missed God. I've missed the blessing. I, I realize as you've been talking, as you've been ministering, I realize that's what I'm missing. Anybody else in the room? Anybody else? If you're online this morning, please let us know in the chat. And more, more hands going up. There's more hands going up. Come on. One, one last time. Just want to give thank you for your hand. Thank you. You can put your hand down. I appreciate that. We're just going to give a few more moments. Anybody else? This is the most important thing. There's nothing more significant. There's, there's nothing that we could spend. Uh, uh, there's no amount of time that could be wasted in this moment right here. This point of decision. Understand that every decision that we make has consequence. Every decision we make has consequence. Good or bad, you decide. Good things or God things. Anybody else, if you're here, just, just lift your hand real quick. Come on, just real fast. Come on, several hands already gone up. You're not going to be alone. Several hands already gone up. Anybody else in the room? hands going up praise God well if you lifted if you lifted your hand I'm going to ask you if you would just look up at, at me just real quick thank you for thank you for that thank you for that I'm going to ask you if you would just without thinking I'm going to ask you if you would just stand up and just meet me down here this is what we want to do we want to pray with you okay we're going to lead you in prayer just stand up out of your seat and just meet me down here there's going to be people that are going to walk with you okay there's going to be people that are, that are going to walk with you just come down the most important thing that we're that we're doing here come on church this is amazing this is amazing god bless you god bless you yeah just come on down we're gonna pray together there's gonna be those that come around you guys and, and pray with you but we appreciate we appreciate you. if you can't just just come just come forward if you're responding to this just come forward here so so the ladies will be here anybody else want to join these honest hearts this morning Amen. Well, I'm going to lead them in a prayer. Uh, saints of God, I ask you if you would just just kind of pray, uh, um, just just pray right there where you're at. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to speak to you um, specifically or, or directly. Um, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You're going to repeat these words that I'm saying. These words that I'm saying, um, 
you're not saying them to me. The significance is you're making a declaration or you're having a conversation with God. You're making a commitment to God in this moment that you're going to, you're going to make room for him. And I want to tell you that it's not, it's not even necessarily in this prayer, but it's in the actions. It's in the, it's in the turn in your heart. Uh, the posture of your heart is what we say. That's, that's really significant. And so I'm going to say some words. I'm going to ask you to repeat them. I'm going to ask you to repeat them out loud. Uh, and then we're just going to pray over you. So, so say this. Say this with me. Say, Father, I admit that my life is overbooked. That I've not made room in my life for you. And I repent this morning. I ask for forgiveness. I ask that you would abide in my life. I surrender it all. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, church, let's pray, let's pray for them. So, Father, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you for this decision, God, that's been made this morning. Father, the consequences are eternal, Father. I pray generational blessing, God, for relationships, God. Restoration right now in Jesus' name. We, we pray against the lie of the enemy that's tried to abort what the destiny that you set in their lives this morning, God. And I just pray, Father, that you continue the work, Father, in each and every one of them. Lord, you're so good. You're so faithful. You're so gracious, God. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing even in this moment. And Father, we acknowledge, God, that we need you in our lives more than anything else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Just continue to minister there. I'm, I want to speak to to those that are in the house, Christians, those that are joining us online. And uh, may, maybe you're saying, you know, Pastor Isaac, I've given my life to the Lord. I, I've, I've done this a long time. But I do acknowledge that I've, I've not made room for Christ in my life. I've allowed distraction. I've allowed good things to, to take priority over what God has called me to do. I, I've, I, my, my life, my schedule... My priorities, they're all overbooked. They're all upside down. And I need, I need to make that right this morning. I want to encourage you, if you would, just get out of your seats. Come on. Just get out of your seats and just find a place at the altar. and Begin to just pray to God. Ask God, give me, give me insight. Come on. I know, there's, I know there's more of us out there that could respond to this. That God would help us. That God would give us understanding. That God would give us clarity in those things in our lives. Those decisions, even decisions that we have to make that God would give us clarity and help us in that. Come on, just if you would, just make your way to this altar. We're going to have people come and pray around you. If you guys can make your way all the way up up here. If you're there. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.